0: only because there's people here Carly can you raise your hand in case you don't know Carly's here (laughs) we need to tell her congratulations Uh, so go and visit with her let's take two minutes okay let's greet somebody for two minutes and say hi okay we don't have time so don't I'll, I'll interrupt you thanks for playing that song yeah we just have to be always flexible don't we Yeah, you did good, thank you. Yeah, we do, don't we? Then say hi to a veteran, too. All the veterans, raise your hands. Thank you, thank you, Roger. Oh, Charlie, I didn't forget your friend. I'm sorry. Hi, right, sweetheart. All right. Okay. Hi <laughs> right, buddy. How you doing? God bless you. Morning, sweetheart. Morning, everybody. Okay, we better find our seats, or we'll be we'll be um, going crazy here. Carly, I didn't mean to miss your friend. What's her name again? Bailey. Bailey, Bailey, we're glad you're here too, sweetheart. She finished up everything this week too. And Karen's back there. I hope you all got to see Karen. And Jackie's. what's your friend's name? What's your friend's name? Mary. Mary's back there in the back. I hope you got to see her. Had a lot of friends today. Sorry about that. Well, we haven't done that for a couple years, have we? Praise God. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just about ready to start singing, but you all settled down, so it was good. So the question I have for you this morning is, um, what a great question I have for you. (laughs) And the question is, is are we a Pentecostal church? Are we, are we a, what would you'd consider a dyna, dynamic church? And I think every church should ask that question more than once a year. We should um, be focused in on, on that very thing of being that Pentecostal church. And um, this morning I'm going to try to tell you what I think that is, um, just in a few, few short thoughts. But um, it comes from Acts chapter 2, uh, actually from 1 and 2, but we'll read just the first five verses and um, get the gist of what's going on. When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound, like a strong wind. No, it was a gale force. No one could tell where it came from, but it filled the whole building. And then, like a wildfire, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread throughout their ranks. And they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There was many Jews staying in Jerusalem about that time, just then. And they were devout pilgrims from all over the world. My friends, this is the word of God for all of his people. Thanks be to God, be to God indeed, yes. Yes. So what a great question it is. Are we, are we a Pentecostal church? Would you consider us that? Many, many would consider us that. Can you imagine? And we're probably not near the Pentecostal church we should be. But are we a dynamic church? Many would say yes. But we probably sat around thinking, well, I don't know if we're dynamic or not. But the reality of it is, just to help you understand, this morning for, for um, Jackie to be playing, for, for um, uh, Patty to be doing her thing up there in the eagle's nest or whatever that nest is, <laughs> for uh, um, oh, Jareth, um, can you imagine I miss a name like that? Jareth doing what she did, and for all of us to be here. Just to help you understand, it took 34 people this week for this to all come about. Can you imagine that? 34 people had to be involved in this this worship service long before we ever stepped inside the doors to get everything cleaned up, to get everything in place, to get everything going, not just here, but over in FLC. You know, 34 people. It took to do that this week. Every week. Every week it takes that. And when we have communion, it takes even more. We're dynamic church, friends. I don't know if you know that. We have over 50% of our people are in ministry in this church. David and I have been looking at it closely and, and seeing what, uh, what in the world is going on and why is it happening. And then we don't even know about the people who, who are faithful in their giving, whether they're um, out on the internet or, or right here. But everybody, we're so faithful in our giving. So I would, if you want my answer to the question... So, what a great question I have to ask you. Are we a Pentecostal church? My answer is yes, because we believe and trust in the Holy Spirit. Are we a dynamic church? I said, I, I, without even a question, without even a thought, without even a hesitation, yes, we are. Now, here comes the dilemma. And so we are, but let's not become complacent. Amen? We should always be looking to do this better. Some way, somehow, we should be thinking: I can, I can worship God. I can serve God. I can do what a Christian ought to do better than what I'm doing right now. As individuals, and as a corporate body, as a corporate body, that's what happened in this time. Um, if you don't know it, I think right now we're changing the history of, of, of this church and many churches, aren't we? Amen. You know, um, we're moving beyond um, the walls of one denomination and opening up another one and starting it. And and years down the road, we pray that this will uh, will only know years down the road. Somebody asked me, do you think we're doing the right thing? And I said, I don't know. Ask me in five years. Then we'll know a little bit better, won't we? Ask me in 10 years whether we're doing the right thing or not. But um, right now, we think we're in, in the will of God. And back then, they did too. Um, The Pentecost happened uh, on that day, I think, not just by mistake, but but because it was set up that way by God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I think it was an ideal time for it to happen because of all the people that was there. Um, uh, And and this early church immediately possessed the qualities that I think we need to have today. I don't think it's changed. I don't think it's changed these 2,000 years. We still need to have these same qualities that the first church had. Because they started from scratch. Friends, we're starting from scratch. In the midst of everything going on, we're starting from scratch. We, we're, it's a little bit, I don't know about anybody else, but it's a little bit, you know, uncertain, isn't it? But I, can, I want to guarantee you again, that first Sunday in July, it'll be just like we're worshiping today. And every Sunday after that, only I pray that it will get more and more of Christ in our life, and we'll become more and more, answer that question, What a great question. Are you a Pentecostal church? Would somebody walk up to you and say, hey, do you believe in Jesus Christ in that church or not? That's a Pentecostal church, friends. Yeah. We're trying to live it out. That's a Pentecostal church. That's a dynamic church. Well, let me give you four things. As we look in these scriptures, and it goes up to verse 21. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention. See, my brain is nuts. You know that? (laughs) It's snapping all the time. There's no youth tonight. Uh, Stacy asked me to announce that, and I forgot to do that. Uh, they're all out running. <laughs> um, let me give you four things that I think we might want to stay focused on in these next few months. Um, uh, our administrative board and um, ad council and team, and leadership team, um, might want to be focused on these things. And we want to be focused on these four things, okay? Let me give them to you. <clears throat> I think one of the dynamic things that, that happen that make us that Pentecostal um, church, that dynamic church, that, that uh, there's an atmosphere here, and we saw it this morning, that um, God is able to move in. You know, we haven't have set down how that service is supposed to go, but it doesn't go that way all the time, does it? Most people don't know that, but a lot of times it, it, it has to be a place, it has to be a place, I think, where, where God can move. And that's why they were all in that upper room waiting, waiting on God to do what he said he was going to do. They were waiting there. We are past the waiting stage, I think. We are in the action stage. And, and um, we need an atmosphere where God can move freely. Now, you know what, I'll give you two killers of the atmosphere um, where God can move freely. One of them is, we ain't never done it that way. Okay? So when your Pastor Rusty comes and he says something, we ain't never done it that way, Pastor. Okay, well, you know, Pittsburgh's going to freeze over. I just know it. And then the other one is, well, if PFC was here, he wouldn't do it that way. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God! Every time somebody even thinks to say that out loud, say Praise God, and everybody'll know what you're thinking about. You know, Praise God! Don't do it the way you know, because I didn't do it anyway. I didn't do it my way. I pray. I hope we we did it the way God wanted us to do it. it really, Amen. It's not about me. Always remember that. It's not about me, Jesus, Pete. It's not about me. Um, the first verse is powerful in the scripture. It says. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And that's what I want to say to you. They were, we're together in this place, and every week we come, the Holy Spirit comes with us. We bring the Holy Spirit in here now, because they, they were filled then, and we are filled uh, uh, today. But there was if you listen to it, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And many, a couple other places it says, and they were of one mind, what they were thinking and what they were doing and what they were waiting on to happen. They were waiting on on the promise that Jesus gave them, don't leave Jerusalem, whatever you do, don't leave Jerusalem, wait there for the gift that my Father is going to give to you, the Holy Spirit. So right away, we see, we see if we have a church that's open, open to God's Moving in our, our midst, we have to be a church that is obedient to what his word says, to what his word says to each and every one of us. And, and that's the powerful uh, instrument that we're fighting um, today where, where God's word doesn't mean what it used to mean. Well, I hate to tell you this, it does. Matter of fact, today it means more than what it used to mean because we understand it better and can grab a hold of it. Not only were they there because of their obedience to hearing God speak to them and promise them that they would be there. If you look in the first chapter, you'll see in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You'll be baptized. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Right now, right then. If we're a Pentecostal church, then we are his witnesses, aren't we? I think not only did they have to be obedient to God's word, but listen to this, they also had to live out their faith that they had in the promise that was given to them. God has given us that promise that if we love him, if we love him with all of our heart, mind, and soul, things will change in our lives. He's given us that promise. He's told us he'll never leave us and never forsake us. So if we are going to be a Pentecostal church, a dynamic church, then we need to let God's Holy Spirit come and, and move within this church and be obedient to his word and hang on to those promises, all of them, 7,000 of them in the, in, the, in the Bible. We need to hang on to them and say we believe that. To make that even a little bit more solid, let's sing. I want to sing one verse. Are you ready, Patty? Can we sing that first verse of um, what's the name of the song? Trust and obey. You got your get your hymnals out. Get your hymnals out. It's four sixty seven. I think they're on the wall too, aren't they? Yeah. Just the first verse. Let's sing it. You should have seen me doing this in the middle of the night one night. So that song came to me that this would be a perfect song to sing right there. And then the next point came, and after it was over, I'll, there's another song you can sing. So we got four of them. Keep your hymnals out if you want to. So we need to have an atmosphere in which God is free to move. We need that, friends. And then we need to do something that uh, uh, most churches don't like to do, but we need to grab, grab the attention of outsiders. Did you all get that? Let me say that to you again. We need to grab the attention of outsiders and preferably younger. No, we'd take older too, but... <laughs> anybody! We need to reach out and grab them. Um, uh, that whole first century, uh, and the whole church itself, uh, throughout, uh, throughout uh, these 2,000 years, uh, the church was a powerful entity in the, in the midst of everything, and it couldn't be ignored. You get that? Uh, many people want to ignore the church today. We want, to, we want to get in their face and say, no, no, we are here. We are here to help you. We're here to be a part of this community. We want to be in, in your thoughts. And look at verse, if you have your Bibles, this is verse 7. Um, Utterly amazed. I like the description of the people there. Oh, are, are not all these men from Galilee. <laughs> How is it then that each of them, each of us, hears them, hears them in our own native language, amazed and per, per, perplexed, utterly amazed, amazed and perplexed. They ask one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? A, dy- a dynamic church, I believe, attracts attention to itself. Not, not to be, say, you know, hey, we're here and we're fancy, but draws attention that people will say, "What in the world is going on over there? What is happening in that church that is so powerful? Why are the people so excited? With everything? don't they know they just left the church and went to another church? They should be mourning. They should be upset. They should be not so happy." But I want to tell you, a dynamic. To answer that great question. A dynamic church gets the attention uh, um, of, of outsiders. And that, that goes both ways. I need, to, I need to share this with you. It goes both ways because if you listen on down in verse 13, uh, but there were those, the other people who were making fun of them. Some people wondered what they needed to do. Uh, and Peter tells them here in a little bit, but, but then there are other people who said, oh, you know, they're just drunk. They're just drunk. Now, I, I, I'm going to say this to you gracefully, but I hope someone says to you about you guys, yeah, they're all drunk over there. I do. I hope they say you're all drunk. You know what I mean? Not on wine, no. It's only three. It's only nine o'clock in the morning, but uh, I'm drunk on the spirit and just going crazy over everything. Uh, I, I, okay. So it was uh, three. I wake up at three twenty-six almost every morning. I don't know why. Three twenty-six. Something's going on. I woke up and I was having this nightmare that I said to you: the church needs to be like Howard Cosell. OK? I, I, I woke up at 3:26 with that thought in my mind. I'm, I'm not going to tell the church that, because what do we need to be like? Jesus Christ. But I understood what I because I was mauling over this, this point, and, and it, it came down to it, and I, and I said, in 1981, if you don't know it, in 1981, Howard Cassell was, was nominated was nominated let me see, make sure what I, I say, the most loved entertainer in 1981. I don't know what Pope was or anything, but he was nominated the most loved. Do you guys know Howard Cassell? You can't ignore him. In that same survey, he was nominated as the one most hated. So he was most loved, most hated in the same, same survey, same group of people. And I thought to myself, that's what we need to be. We need to be the church that, you know, you either like us or you don't. Praise God. But don't be lukewarm about it. You know what I mean? Come. Come and get involved. Be a part of it. Let us reach out to you. And even the naysayers, let us reach out to you too and say, oh, we're a church. We're a church that's dynamic. We're a church that's a Pentecostal church and believes that God died for you. My goodness. Is that, that would be too power, powerful, wouldn't it? So the song is, um, is number 223 in the faith that we sing. Um, Uh, they will know that we are Christians. You know that song? By our... Thank you. What do you think, Jackie? Can we do that one? Love this song. Sing it with your heart. So Pentecostal church, a dynamic church, has an atmosphere where Christ and God and the Holy Spirit is able to move, where a, um, a, a church that gra- grabs the outside attention of the uh, I was in this predominantly white church one time <clears throat> in the whole white community. i don 't think there was people of any color in the whole town, but um, one one night. We had uh, about 500 kids in the church, uh, senior high and junior high kids. And um, I, brought in, I brought in, they were from Canton, Ohio, and they were pretty famous at the time going around. We could afford them, but it was an all-black band. Do you all hear that? It was an all-black band. So you know what I did? I opened up the doors. I opened up the doors and it was a wild band. And the kids all knew their music. Kids all knew their music. They were popular at that time in the Canton area. Can you imagine? I opened up all the doors. And our our pastor, the senior pastor, called and talked to me the next day. And he said, I got a lot of phone calls last night. (laughs) I said, you did? He said, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? I said, yeah, that was fantastic. It was great. Okay. I say that to you because I think the third thing that makes us a Pentecostal dynamic church is that um, we have to have doors, brand new doors, perfectly matched doors that are open up to everyone. Amen? Everyone. Everyone. And I'm afraid a, a tragic element of the church's history, um, not the denomination, but the church's history is that we've often acted like a social club. Matter of fact, I went to a church one time, and that's what the, they were nicknamed, the social club. And um, uh, they—well, never mind. <laughs> in the early days, in that first century, and there were those who didn't want to, to allow the Gentiles. Peter was one of them. He thought it was wrong to get to the message to um, the Gentiles. He couldn't figure out how they would be any good in their fellowship. And then in the Middle Ages, during the Reformation, Jews were not allowed to be uh, in church membership. And then in our recent generation, uh, people of of, um, race uh, have been made to feel unwelcome. Phyllis and I were in a large church worshiping. um, It was a revival and, um, and a couple came and sat in front of us. And we were chatting with them and talking with them. Sweet couple, younger, about our age. And, um, and um, of course, they were people of color. Well, two rows behind us made sure that they heard that they weren't welcome here. Yeah. Too bad, isn't it? And that happens too often, my friends. Um, it's in verse 17. When we say the doors were open to everyone... He says, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all kinds of people. And that's what he did that day. Poured out his spirit on them. He's pouring out on us all the time. All the time. Of different races, different religions, different male and female. Oh, and that's what he says. The second thing he says, there, there's no gender discrimination to be had. Now, a lot of churches have a problem with this one, don't they? Because they don't, it says your son's. If they would just stop right there, everything would have been fine. But it says your sons and daughters will prophesy. Uh-oh. So, ladies, you have the same ability, whether somebody tells you you don't or not. I won't get into all that. Those are we could use that as a different sermon, okay, the first two. And then, of course, age discrimination. Um, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Um, and we often make the mistake of, of thinking that uh, the young people of our, our church today are the future. And here in this sermon, Peter says, no, the, the um, young people are our are, are, are church today. We need to grab a hold of that thought. I'm talking about seeing um, seeing um, uh, visions and, um, and prophesying, little Nora did that last week, didn't she? Did you hear? Wasn't that plain as can be, little Nora? She said, She said, I got something to praise God about. We're going to Disneyland in two days. (laughs) I'm thinking, boy, she's down there now having fun. We want to see lots of pictures, Patty. Okay, let's sing two verses of this next song then. Um, um, And I thought about this one. There's a spirit in the air. There's a spirit in the air, friends, and it should be here that everybody is welcome. Amen? Amen. 92 You're seeing what I'm seeing in there, or else we're just wasting time. <laughs> okay, so we need an atmosphere where God is free to move, where it, it's so free that it grabs the attention of the outsiders, and, and people understand that it's open for everybody. And finally, it, uh, the, a dynamic church, a Pentecostal, Pentecostal church proclaims the message of salvation. You got that? Proclaims the message of salvation. Now it comes in verse twenty-one. Um, Peter says, um, "And then anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved." And later he says, "Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins." And then still in verse uh, chapter two, verse thirty-eight, he says, "You will receive that gift of the Holy Spirit." I think it's crucial now more than ever before that we proclaim who Christ is. Um, I think one reason we've lost our influence in the world around us and our society today is because we quit doing it. It doesn't make sense. We don't want to offend anybody, what we say to ourselves. Well, I've been around now these 42 years in the church life, and, and I've some, seen some churches, some people who literally preach um, great sermons against sin." And that's all well and good, but I want to tell you that's not the same as preaching. Preaching God's message of salvation. I don't think it's the same. I think there's more needed. Um, I've been around all these years and saw the political agenda of so many people using God's word uh, to change people's thoughts about things politically. And, um, and I want to say to you, neither is that the message that we need of salvation, The message of salvation in that early church, and I think what needs to happen now, is this. The message that we need to proclaim without any hesitation at all is, here's here's the message that was preached. Jesus Christ is Lord and has the power to change lives. That's the gospel message, friends, that we have to preach and teach and live by. If we do that, things would change. Um, you know, we're past that stage of, of you gotta, if you're not saved, you're going to go to hell. You know, everybody still thinks of that in the 50s and the 60s, and even in the flower child days, you know, when I was around doing all that stuff. That's what everybody said. Oh, you keep it up, you're going to die and go to hell because you, you don't go to church anywhere. They didn't care if you had Jesus or not. You don't go to church, or you don't speak in tongues, or you don't do this, or you don't do that. Well, I, I think we need to... We'll gloss over all of that and say, this is what our, you see why I'm talking to the leadership team, I think? Jesus Christ is Lord, and he has the power to change lives. Nobody else does. It's through him and through him only. And I think when a a church starts uh, um, having that happen in their lives, things change. Things change. Now, I didn't tell my daughter this, but I have a joke. The first time I was going to tell a joke, I said to her, "I said I'm going to start the sermon off with a joke," and she panicked. She said, "Oh, Dad, whatever you do, don't tell a joke." <laughs> and I said, "No, I won't have to explain this one. I know what she was talking about. When I tell jokes, you have to explain them, and that's you know, I don't have to explain this one." So there was uh, three pastors in the town, sort of like our four churches getting together here, and they wanted to have a revival. So uh, it was, uh, they did, and uh, a couple weeks after the revival was over, they were all sitting around the breakfast table. I'm sure you've heard this. But the uh, Presbyterian minister said, man, it was a great revival. We, we got four new families out of that revival, okay? And everybody went, wow, that's great. The Baptist preacher looked at him and said, I cannot do you on that one. He said, we got six more families and the Methodist preacher finally spoke up and he said well that's nothing we got rid of ten of the people we we're big troublemakers we are called we are called my friends to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in a way that that changes lives that's dynamic that causes people to come and say what in the world is going on Um, and we're called to do that to everyone everyone is welcome here well, so I hope you figured out oh, we got one more song to sing before I finish up let's sing that last song what is it? Uh, uh, Rescue the Perishing oh, Jackie's going to play it through so we know it, okay? it's number 591 if you want to turn to it and see the notes on it go ahead, Jack do we know that song? that great? I hope they all made sense to you to go along with what I was trying to say, what I thought God was putting on my heart, but that's all right. We, we as a church should be striving every day to become more and more like the first century church, but then move way past it, move way past it. And the only thing, the only way we can do that is if we focus in on having an atmosphere here where God can move. Amen. So the minute you say, we can't do it, we ain't never done it that way, slap yourself for Jesus and say, okay. (laughs) And then when you say Floyd didn't do that, then everybody in the room, slap him. (laughs) We need to grab the attention of people that are outside of us. You know, there's a lot of people in this community hurting, hurting, struggling, uh, that school system up there um, is not as gracious as we thought it was. It's got a lot of problems like every school system. We need to reach out to them, friends. We need to get the attention of people outside. And, and the only way that people know that the, this place is open is because we do that. Amen? We, we let them know that, that um, um, somehow we're going to be—you can't ignore us. You can't ignore us. And then we need to preach that message that Jesus Christ is the one doing all this. It's not us. It's not a denomination. It's God and his son and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise God. Well, let's stand and sing our last.